Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking. So today we have uh, Tim Sway here for our regular five questions, so we'll jump right into it. Tim, how did you get into woodworking? Um, how did I get into woodworking? Uh or well, poverty? Guess... <laughs> That's a fantastic <laughs> answer. Um, as I said in in the podcast that you will also air where we talk further is, um, I, you know, I was I didn't really go to shop class, but I I rented from a cabinet maker and I wanted to make instruments, and he said it was impossible, but we did it anyways. And uh, and then so I had that little bit of a background, couple of years of working as a musician. Uh, I just never had any money to buy anything. And so I would pick up stuff off the side of the road and paint it and nail it back together. And eventually I started getting good at it. So it was really, it was just a necessity. Um, and I do have a, a grandfather who was a cabinet maker, a finished carpenter. I didn't really know him too well, but there might be something genetic involved. <laughs> oh, not bad. I use, I still have some of his tools. I have like his, um, I have, he had a, a you know, I mean, hand planes, right? I have okay. a, um, uh, Miller's Falls, uh, oh, okay. hand plan. It's like, a, it's like a five and a half or something like that. Um, or a five that was his, and it's got the grooved bottom, you know, which is like mm-hmm. not super desirable. But, um, See, okay, let me stop you for a second. Uh oh, <laughs> is it undesirable? Like, I hear lately I, I've heard a lot of people poo poo it. That's my attitude, is I could care less. I have some planes with it, and it's not a selling point. But it's not a disadvantage either. Like, I just don't care. And I've heard all these people poo-pooing the groove bottom. It's like, who cares? It's still flat. It works. I imagine there's a reason. But then I also have – because and then his father was also a, a carpenter. And I have, their, I have their toolbox is actually my coffee table. Um, my great wow. my great-grandfather's toolbox is my coffee table. So that's Vance's great-great-grandfather's that's awesome. toolbox. Wow. And it's – um. He was a he was a, a finished carpenter, trim carpenter. So it's not like it's not like the studly toolbox. You know what I mean? Mm. It's a it's just, it's a it's a rectangle, and it's got a lot of trim and miters on it, and they're all put in with nails um, because that's what toolboxes were back then. They exactly, it's actually carpenter. made to hold tools. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, it was it was your website. It was um, if you hired a a carpenter to come to your house, you, it was your resume. You know, right. Like, the judgment of how that was made was how right. And, that, and that's like, like, so like the studly toolbox, like that guy was like this fine, like he was a piano, you know, whatever, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, they're, they're doing different type of work. So your toolbox was like, uh, like, Hey, do you know how to hang crown mold? And it's like, yeah, look at my toolbox, man. You yeah, know, right yeah, there it is right across the bottom. So they're like, Oh, okay. So that, you know, like nowadays, like your toolbox is some piece of metal you buy at a box store. Right. You know, mm-hmm. now uh, I don't know some of you may or may not know this, but, uh, I did a TV show. I was called Trash Formers, and I, I did three episodes of this show that failed. Um, and they they had guys like me. We were taking things, and we were like big things, like school buses and stuff, to turn turn them into furniture and products. And um, so when I went to do this TV show, I knowing this history about toolboxes um, and feeling how I felt about myself as a craftsman, I wanted to bring some of my own tools. And so what I did is I actually found a toy box on the side of the road, an old toy box <laughs> made of wood. <laughs> and I, and I screwed, you should see this thing. I just like the, the, the biggest hack job you could do. I screwed a two by four into one side and two casters into the other side. And I tied a rope to it. So I dragged this toolbox onto the set of this TV show with my tools in it. It was, and it had like the, it was like a cowboy and Indian scene on it from the fifties, you know, it was like broken and, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so there is something hereditary in it, uh, in my, my woodworking apparently too, although I didn't get it actually handed to me. Um, 
like I never really knew them too well, or I never met my great grandfather, but and my grandfather I didn't know well, but I I look in the mirror and I at the end of the day and I look like him, you know. <laughs> and I'm using his tools, some of them. Let that was a fantastic answer, Tim. But I'm I'm just intrigued. How you know I've listened to every episode of uh, Reclaimed Audio, and I think I stalk you on Twitter second only to Lutz. Um, <laughs> how do, have I not heard of this TV show? Uh, it was a couple years ago. It was um, it's hard to find because it was it was on the FYI network, um, and I I put videos up on my channel back when it happened, but I've pulled them down since because they're irrelevant now. Um, but yeah, there was it was uh, three episodes. If you go on YouTube and you type in like Trashformers Tim Sway, you'll find some clips of the show. Okay. I made a um, I made a guitar out of the gas tank on the end of an airplane, <laughs> okay. and you'll find that video. And it was badass, and I'm like jealous that I didn't get to keep it. Like I'm upset because the network owns it. But uh, yeah, it was it was a cool show and a cool premise, but uh, it just didn't take off. I think it was like kind of the there it I is. don't know. I don't if you if you put in Transformers FYI into YouTube, it's the second one, Transformers making a uh, trash Transformers. Transformers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, so I think like unfortunately you can't watch the whole show unless you buy it. Um like on Amazon or something, you know, you can you can buy it like there, but it's not free anywhere yet. It's not part of my prime subscription? It might be. Oh. I don't know. It might be. <laughs> That'd be too funny. I'll look it up as soon as I get I, inside. <laughs> I don't know anything about that, but there were three episodes and it was cool. I mean, it was like the typical kind of reality show thing. You know, there wasn't like, it wasn't like, you know, like, uh-uh, you ain't going to take that. It wasn't that stuff. But, <laughs> you know, but, um. Oh, no, you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, they, they tried to get us to be a little bit like that, you know, and we just weren't. Cause we're all like, you know, we're just like four artists that were like given this like huge hunk of metal and you're like, what can you make? And. And we we're all like helping each other out. I'm like, oh, that's a really good idea. What if you added that? And then the camera would come by and be like, hey, get back to work. And you're like, yeah, what are you? Don't look at my thing. You know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was cool. Excellent. Awesome. Excellent. Well, now for the second question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. I know. We're gonna, it's going to be like tomorrow <laughs> pretty soon. What is your favorite tool? My favorite tool? I always say um, my favorite tool is the angle grinder. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it really is my favorite tool. <laughs> I I mean, it depends upon what I'm working on, obviously. Like, if, um, if I'm trying to build a dining table, the angle grinder is probably not going to be my favorite tool. But I just have a lot of fun. I just love the angle grinder because it's it's imprecise and and ridiculous and fun. It's like sculpting, you know? It's like I have stuff for it that I can cut wood. I have stuff for it that I can cut metal. And I can... I can just sculpt. I just feel like it's like mm. power sculpting. That is um, that is the only reason I use them, and it is yes, right. Yes, it is. It's fa- absolutely fantastic. Absolutely, fantastic. it's just it's just chaotic. It's loud. There's stuff flying in your face. Anything could happen. It's like it's like riding a motorcycle. You know, it, it's it's not the best way to get there, but it's a heck of a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. I just love the angle grinder. It's just like rip roaring, and you know, but uh. Uh, for most of my, I, I don't think it's the one I use the most. I just like it the most. No, that's 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 great. Like, I I love the angle grinder for those those same reasons. I and uh, I, I very ever so rarely use mine with metal. I use mine more with concrete and and wood. Um, okay. But the 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 shaping and the the sculpting you can do with it. It's 
it's one of my favorite woodworking tools. And most people are like, it's an angle grinder. But yeah, but come on. You put a cut sole in there and you shape and you carve and um, it can be fantastic. So I absolutely understand. Yeah. And, you know, with reclaimed, it comes in handy too because it's, if you have like a sanding pad on there, mm-hmm. it doesn't care if it's water or metal. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, a, lot my, a lot of my woodworking tools care. But the angle grinder just doesn't care. It just it just does what it does, and uh, yeah, it's it's really fun and like liberating and free. Um, whereas, like you know, because that's me. I mean, I always consider myself more like Jackson Pollock. You know, I'm just like th- I'm like throwing paint at the canvas. I'm not, um, you know, I'm not Matisse. You know, putting <laughs> little tiny dots everywhere. You know, I'm not a, uh, I'm not like using a Bridgeport. You know, <laughs> I just I wish I had that skill set, and I'm trying to develop it. But, well, I, I don't know. Um, I think with the with. The use of the CNC, I think you might be closer to that than you think. Yeah. Well, it's it's been exciting for me actually because I've been measuring things in the thousands and this and that, and uh, and that is it's like opening this whole new world to me. And uh, and someone I put, I remember putting a picture up on Facebook or something. I think it was Tony Rouleau who was a machinist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I had this like I had the, the calipers out and I'm measuring stuff to the thousands for this. Pr- and uh, and he wrote like you know like kind of like Darth Vader, but welcome to the precise side. <laughs> 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 Which I thought was hilarious because I'm the angle grinder guy. I'm throwing sawdust, you know, and I, and I and I love it. I, like I feel like that's part of my journey is to, is both those avenues to become this well-rounded maker, you know. Mm. But it's still the angle grinder. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So, uh, next question: Who has influenced you the most? Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, uh, Jimmy Duressa would 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 pop in into mind. Um, because he got me started on YouTube, for instance, he, I, uh, custommade.com made a little video about me oh. and, uh, and it got put on YouTube and, um, and very few people commented on it cause it was like a commercial site, but it got a lot of views. And the, one of the few people that commented on it was Jimmy Duressa. And he, he just wrote like, well said about what I was saying about reclaiming and upcycling. I was like, hmm. Hey, I know that guy, you know, like hmm. he, he did that show I saw once and, and I, and I wrote back to him. I was like, oh, thanks. You know, high praise from the master or whatever. And, and he's like, ah, knock it off. Whatever. And we just started a dialogue. And, and then I saw the power of YouTube of, of, of taking my work to a different place, you know, again, of trying to, uh, you know, encourage other people to think eco-friendly in their making practices. And, and I, so I made my first video where I had to cut up record on a guitar and stuff. And, and, um, it was very in the style of Mr. Duresta. And so I sent him a message asking permission to put the video up. And he's like, what are you talking about? Of course, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but the other person I would mention would be, uh, and I, uh, her name was Mrs. Hannah and, uh, and she was my art teacher in, in high school. And, and I was more of a music nerd than an art nerd, but she was the one that taught me about limitations. As I mentioned in our other podcast about how, using limitations to your advantage and, uh, and I just find myself thinking of her, uh, of that a lot. And, and those lessons that she taught me about, you don't, if you have every paintbrush and every color, it's really hard to get started. But if you have one paintbrush and one color, you know where to start. Right. You know, that's awesome. Excellent. Thanks. In, um, in your woodworking, or we could even open this up to whatever you're making in your shop. Um, since you're making lots of things, what has been your biggest stumbling block? Uh, probably know when to put the angle grinder down and get the CNC out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, I, biggest stumbling block. I mean, every day there's a stumbling block, but that's 
what's exciting about it, I guess, uh, you know, for me, I, um, I am very critical of myself. I'm, I'm like the least competitive person with other people, but mm-hmm. with myself, I'm very competitive and very demanding. And I don't think like I used to say when I was a musician, I used to say the way I wanted to die was I would walk off stage after a gig and be like, eh, I could have done better and then die. Like that's, that's my idea of living a full life is like always striving to be a better person. Mm-hmm. And so that's my biggest stumbling block is just like figuring out like, you know, like giving myself the room to, to grow and, uh, she, and, and just, uh, I don't really know how to say it, but like, um, you know, of, of uh, going like, Hey, you know what? That's pretty good. Like you did a good job. Go ahead and turn the lights off and go home. You mm-hmm. know, yeah, that, I don't know myself. <laughs> I'm, I am my biggest stumbling block is getting around me because I don't think I'm as good as I expect myself to be. Okay. So, all right. We'll leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and, and the final question gets you out of here. Uh, who or how has the internet influenced your work? Uh, it's in every way, you know, in every way, because it's, it's, uh, again, going, cause everything I'm doing now is an extension of music in some way. It's, it seems weird, but it's true. Uh, cause I've always been a musician. I've always identified as a musician and I still do for the, you know, I identify more as a maker than a musician now, but there's still that part of me. It's like trying to get back to making instruments and it's all related to music in some way. And, and I always said as a musician that my goal as a musician was to find the 13th note. And there's only 12 in the Western scale that, you know, most musicians use. And I, I'm, you know, I'm always looking for a note that doesn't exist. And I do the same thing with making is I'm always looking to make something that doesn't exist. And the internet shows you that there's a lot of other people like that <laughs> and they're all making these amazing things. And so just, you, you get these ideas and then you go to the internet and you find that someone else has done it or they've done it differently or they've done it better. And um, so it really kind of like the last question about how I'm in that, that race with myself. I'm not like competitive with other people, but I want to do things that other people haven't thought of. Um, and so the internet really keeps me sharp because I can see all these other amazing people out there doing these amazing things. And I'm not, I'm not competing with them. It's not like, Oh, I, I want to be better than that guy. I just want to do something that that guy hasn't thought of yet. Mm-hmm. I want to do something that I haven't thought of yet, you know? And, uh, and so that really keeps me sharp in thinking of, of new things, which I think is great. You know, and, and like, and so when I have new ideas, I share them very openly on the internet and I'm like, seek, I'm not secretive, like, this is mine. You know, if I have some idea of a, a better way to do something or a new way that I discovered, I share it with the world because I want them again, cause it's not competitive. I want them to be like, Oh, that's a great idea. I wonder if I did. And then they share it with me. I'm like, Oh wow. I never thought of that. I wonder if I, and that just keeps me just going, you know? So it's, it's just that, that like, it's just fuel. I love it. Yeah, it's awesome. That is that's one of the one of the completest answers we've had for that. Uh usually it's just it's inspiration or something like that, but I think that that ongoing motivation and fuel for right. the way you Cyclic- work. Yeah. Cyclical inspiration. Right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's cause and it's it really just- is I, it brings up a good point. I mean, it it's mentioned a lot how you can find anything on YouTube, you know, you want to try something, you can find somebody doing it. So if it's a, if it's a tool to inspire you to try to find more different ways, 
or or other other ways to share or anything like that. I mean, yeah, that's that's a that's a great way of looking at it. And and it's funny, and it's one of the reasons that I'm not super successful <laughs> because I don't tr- I I try to do things that haven't been done, and so there's no one searching for it because they don't know it exists. You know, so like when I, you know, I have these ideas. Like I made a I had this idea to make a an Eam style um, chair out of satellite dishes, and the and uh, <laughs> which which I did. And there's a video on my YouTube channel, and like three thousand people have seen it. You know, because nobody's searching Eam style chair made out of satellite. Could dishes. I just say there's five satellite dishes in my attic to make a chair like that? That's all you need. That's all you need is five. I think that's what I use. I honestly um, don't know how many you used because I watched the video. Uh, I love the video. I love Ames. I like. I thought your take on it was fantastic. My son got really excited about making one out of uh, satellite dishes. So. I bought. I didn't buy them. I took them off roofs because I'm a roofer and I I have access right, right. to satellite dishes. Um, yeah. and uh, you know that was a fantastic build. I was I derailed this slightly, but um, everyone should go watch that video because I thought that was absolutely fantastic. Uh, thanks, because you know what? But it, there's other people have made chairs out of out of satellite dishes because I I searched it because it's like one of those things I wanted to make something that hasn't happened, you know, mm-hmm. and um. But that's the only one that's that complicated, you know. What I mean, that's actually got this full like theme to it or whatever. Um, but then there are things like I, I can pretty much guarantee I'm the only person that has ever made a ukulele out of compact discs, you know. <laughs> um, and if you search that, you will find that I am the only person that's ever made it. And there's a, there's a very good reason for it because of <laughs> terrible ukuleles. But um, you know, but that's like one of those things. Like so, that's. But there's going to be some other person like me, like in this future generation of of creators and artists and makers, that's going to be like has that same mentality. Like, well, I want to do something no one's ever done. They're going to be like, well, what if I made an instrument out of compact discs? And then they they search it and they find that like, oh crap, you know, someone has done that. And now they're going to have to think something new. And this is going to it's going to fuel that fire. And they're going to come up with something even more exciting, even like way better than anything I could have ever thought of. You know. Because they're going to be forced to, because now they add that to their lexicon, and it just keeps growing and growing and growing, and that's uh, that's what I want to do. I just want to like, just like keep like pushing the the envelope, you know? Right. Yeah. And the internet's like just so awesome for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there's so many of us, you know, and yeah, it's excellent. And you, there are you need to use it use it for good and not for evil. I think that's important. Oh no no that I, I was evil was the idea. Oh, was, oh excellent. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did I not make that clear? Oh, well, keep up well, the bad work. It's, it's world domination is the end result. <laughs> For people to uh, to to check in on your evil plot, where could they find out about you on the on the internet? There, Tim. Uh, well, my my public persona is at timsway.net, which is shows me as the hippie, eco friendly, you know, <laughs> guy that wants to save the world, but. The other stuff is that you'll see that soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, uh, I am uh, Sean Wisniewski of the Corner Workshop, Workshop and at Sean W78 on social medias and untapped and all those good things. And uh, I am Diami Plotke. You can find me on modernwoodworkersassociation.com and at Diami Plotke on the Twitters. And uh, until then... We'll see you up in Sturbridge, Waterbridge, Stainbridge, something bridge, Massachusetts. Southbridge. Southbridge, Southbridge. that one. (laughs) See you soon. Be good.
Lutz is always ready to go. It's like, oh, come on, dude. Yeah, like, 